Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition European Tour London series where today I'm very excited to be joined by Curtis Stania. Curtis, welcome. Hi, great to be here. Great to have you on. Um, I'm really looking forward to this topic. We're going to be talking about driver trees. Yeah, fantastic. It's a topic that's really close to my heart. Cool, cool. All right, look forward to getting into that with you. Um, So for those listening, in particular if it's the first time, these sessions are normally recorded face-to-face. Unfortunately, due to the coronavirus situation, uh, I have had to record these sessions remotely. The downside of this episode might be that we do get some audio issues or the audio quality isn't used to what you uh, usually get from me when I'm face-to-face with people like Curtis. But unfortunately, a little bit beyond my control. So I'd like to get started by talking a little bit about what was or is the European tour for the Product Coalition. And it was originally designed to dedicate and raising awareness and support for the bushfire-affected communities and wildlife in Australia. Now, those communities in Australia have had a double hit, basically, because beyond the bushfires, the tourism dollar that would normally come in throughout 2020 will no longer be there due to the coronavirus. So I now dedicate this to not only the bushfire, but those impacted by tourism in the remote communities of Australian rural communities. If you'd like to support the communities, you can pick from three causes, the National Bushfire Fund, the Volunteer Firefighter Service or the Wildlife of Australia. And you can support those causes at bushfire.productcoalition.com. Now, I'm speaking to product leaders from five different cities across Europe and um, I'm targeting to speak to 50 product leaders in total to gain insights, knowledge and experience to share with you the Product Coalition global community. Now, if you've just discovered the Product Coalition, welcome. We're a community of 500,000 readers, 6,000 Slack members and thousands of podcast listeners. You can find out more about the community as a whole at platform.productcoalition.com. I need to give a huge thanks to some brands and individuals that have made significant donations to the Bushfire fundraiser that I mentioned earlier. First up is UserPilot. UserPilot is a code-free user onboarding and adoption tool designed especially for product management teams. UserPilot helps to increase conversion, user retention rates and reduce churn by guiding new users to their first aha moment with interactive walkthroughs, contextual product tours and onboarding checklists. It allows product managers to build fully customizable behavior-triggered in-app experiences with a simple visual editor. You can head to userpilot.com to book a demo and grab a free trial. Shobit Chug is the intentional product manager. Shobit is a Google product manager and he helps product managers become product leaders and have careers they can be proud of. Go to intentionalproductmanager.com and sign up for Shobit's free class on the habits that turn product managers into exceptional product leaders and help them move through their careers fast. Product-led teams like Flexport and Mixpanel know that the best time to capture engagement is when a user is already inside the product. That's why they use Chameleon to drive feature adoption, build your onboarding flows and gather user feedback. You can give it a go at trychameleon.com forward slash success. I'd also like to thank Rich Mirinoff and Chris Miles as two individual donors to the campaign. Okay, Curtis, we can get stuck into to driver trees now. I'm looking forward to, to talking through with you. Before we do, do you mind giving the the audience a, a bit of a, a a bit of background on yourself, Curtis, and your your career and your path through through product today? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, so currently, uh, I'm a senior product manager at Delivery Hero. Um, so Delivery Hero is a parent brand for. Uh, different delivery companies. So depending where you are in the world, you may have heard of companies like uh, Food Panda, Fedora, Payer, Yemex Epity. Uh, these are just a handful of the brands that, that we have. Um, and I work primarily with our Fedora and Food Panda brands. 
Um, prior to that, I actually spent a few years working at HelloFresh, again, as a senior product manager. Um, I started there, that was my real first product job, I guess. Um, I actually started there working a second job in customer care um, to make some money to save up for my master's. Uh, there was a few things that I thought, you know, could could improve, built an internal system and then had the opportunity to move to Berlin and take on an actual product management role. Um, my actual job uh, when I was doing that second job was a service delivery manager um, for a company called Atos. It's an enterprise IT outsourcer uh, and we were actually running the uh, kind of data centers and infrastructure for the BBC, which was a really cool opportunity. Um, and actually the step from service manager to product manager wasn't all that different. Um, the idea of sitting as that relationship between business teams and technical teams, understanding how how technology can help solve business problems. Uh, for me, there was a huge similarity. Um, I'd never done things like experimentation. They were, that was definitely a whole new thing I had to learn as I came into product management, um, but really suited my skill sets. I've always been one of those tech geeks slash business geeks. So I think service management and product management are definitely my calling. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I can certainly attest to using some of those products that you mentioned there. Um, I, I was a HelloFresh customer for a very long time when it first came to Australia um, yeah. and obviously familiar with the Foodora brand as well. So um, brilliant. What, what a path. Congratulations. Yeah, it's uh, been a lot of fun. Been, a, been an adventure. Cool, cool. And um, you're currently based in Berlin, um, which is where Delivery Heroes HQ is? Yeah, so Delivery Heroes headquarters are here in Berlin uh, and actually the um, headquarters for HelloFresh were here as well. So I moved in here, moved over to Berlin in late 2016. Right. Okay. Nice. Nice. Great. Okay. Let's get stuck into driver trees. So do you mind kicking us off, Curtis? We've given us a summary of what is a driver tree. Yeah, no problem. Um, so conceptually, you would use them to break down a large problem space. So um, for those of you that have ever used mind maps, this idea of having something at the center that is your overarching topic and then breaking it down to smaller components. If you imagine that visualization in your head, uh, driver trees follow a very, a very similar approach. Um, normally, uh, the way that I draw them is on the very left of the screen, uh, or the very left of the, the map that you're doing, you'll have an overarching goal. So uh, it could be something like get healthy or gross profit, depending on what you're trying to achieve. And then the idea is, that is actually quite a, a tough and complex thing to, to, to achieve, right? You say, okay, I wanna be healthy, or I wanna make more profit, um, there's a lot of complexity and there's a lot of things that will, will, will influence that. And the driver tree is a way of starting to break down those larger problems into more manageable chunks. So uh, if we take be healthy, for example, there's multiple ways you could be healthy. You could um, be physically strong. You could um, improve your cardio. You can eat better. Those are all three drivers of being healthy. And essentially what starts to happen is you recursively go through this tree each one of those nodes that you split out to, you split out into a more and more granular piece. The idea being eventually you can get to a, a very low level piece that you can uh, affect and you can measure. Uh, and the idea being that the further right you go um, is how you're going to achieve something. Uh, and the further left you go is what you want to achieve. Um, if you start to move the low level branches, it's not necessarily that moving one of those low level metrics will make you healthy, for example. Um, but what you do is the compounding effect of moving lower level more granular things will start to move up the tree and help you achieve your overall goal. Okay, thank you. Could you mind giving us some, some background on on the method? Where does it come from? Yeah, no problem. So I think value trees are 
from what I understand, a reasonably common concept. They've been used in various parts of the business before. Um, I was actually introduced to this uh, at HelloFresh. So this was something that was introduced by our leadership team there, um, CEO and then the, our product leaders. Uh, and this was a way of helping align the business. And this is something they did really well. Um, we had a higher level uh, goal, which was essentially to drive our profitability. Um, but obviously, as you have a company, particularly companies that scale, trying to make sure every team is pulling in the same direction uh, with the same goal and not sort of stepping on each other's tools, that can be quite tough. So what the leadership team did is they defined this uh, core, it's called a K- HelloFresh, it was called the KPI tree. Right. Um, and you'll see, if you Google this, you'll see these terms used interchangeably, uh, driver tree or KPI tree. Okay. They basically mean the same thing. Um, so they introduced this. Um, they also structured the Hello Tech organization around it. So teams had particular parts or branches of the tree that they would focus on. And what that helped us do was uh, focus on particular parts of our role. The idea being that if everyone is moving their metrics in a positive way, um, the overall business will be more successful. And I think if you look at HelloFresh's uh, financial results for the last few quarters, you'll see this is where you started to manifest. Awesome. So okay. I think along with the concept, there's also a little bit of cultural change that comes with it. Um, but it's a really great, great way of aligning product teams, uh, product teams being engineers and QAs and product managers and product designers um, behind an overall goal uh, and how you get there. It's that connective tissue between the business problem and, and how you can affect change. Nice. And so when, when they're in use, how, how do you distribute? How do you create this as a visual that everyone can come back to and, and work from? Yeah, uh, great question. So um, I think, so it was interesting because when I started at Delivery Hero, this was the kind of the first challenge that I was given. I actually used a driver-free concept during my interview process uh, during a whiteboarding challenge. And I think the person that was interviewing me was, oh, that's an interesting concept. So that was my first challenge when I joined Delivery Hero. And I'll be very honest, I remember sitting down with Joe, who's our chief of product, and he asked me to do this. He's like, I've used a driver tree. I've never built an organizational driver tree. I think they were very different things. He said, no, no, trust you can go away and do this, Curtis. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so essentially, it requires initially at least a, a broad understanding of the business, right? Because if you're trying to um, bring everything together to some, some top-level metric, you need to understand the different high-level parts of the business. So for my first couple of months at Delivery Hero, I wandered around the organization uh, and I asked lots of people lots of stupid questions about how their part of the organization works uh, and what we were able to do from that kind of me acting as a middle point and then talking to some of the leadership, we were able to define what we called the core tree. So the core tree is one that is essentially true for all of the teams. Um, They may not affect every branch of that tree, but everything they do should theoretically be able to plug into that tree. Um, For our initial version, I was just using a whiteboard uh, and then rubbing things out and changing things and moving things around. Uh, And eventually when we got to some kind of alignment, at least with central leadership, about what that should look like. Um, I digitize it just using Google drawings. So you don't need like a little bit of advanced tools to this. It's generally, it's more about the process and, and what you produce, how you display it. It doesn't make, make a difference. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so could, could we talk about um, get, getting going? How, 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 where do you start with the first little sort of node on the left of the tree? Yeah. Um, so there's another kind of a big dependency that I guess you need to work out if you're doing this piece of work. It's like, what is what is that top node, right? Um, and it depends what you want to focus on. There's a, a wealth of articles out there about North Star metrics uh, and what you, you know, what you want to be your North Star. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a simple creature. I believe businesses should make money. So I tended to always operate on the principle that um, the, the North Star metric should be something around profitability. Um, it was something similar to what we had at HelloFresh. Um, 
both Delivery Here and HelloFresh e-commerce models, so it works very well. Uh, and then essentially, the way it works was, I said, for the core tree, we did we did it a little bit more centrally, and that makes sense because you kind of need broad understanding, which you get from having kind of uh, the senior leadership or the mid-senior leadership to be able to pull that together. We were able to kind of define the core of the tree. Um, we shared it with different departments, not just inside uh, tech and product. We shared it with um, other teams around. And then also inside our tech and product teams say, hey, look, does this core make sense? People challenge different aspects of it. Um, one thing I will say to anyone that's looking to a driver tree, um, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's very simply at all. So you will find that it will grow and evolve over time. Um, so don't worry about getting something wrong. It's more about what works in your organization and the structure. Um, one of the things we did try, particularly with the core of the tree, was to bring through as many uh, business metrics that we use uh, across the across the organization to try and socialize this a little bit more. Something like we use a metric because of a marketplace called GMV, which is gross merchandise value. So it's essentially the total value of all the traction, uh, transactions that go through our platform. Right. Um, and that's one of the key metrics that um, our CEO and our CFO will report on the quarterly earnings calls. Um, we're a public company. So I think bringing those into the tree and making sure this is not this random metric that only the, you know, the C-suite care about. This is actually an important metric that we should care about as product teams. That's really key. So um, we also did a mapping where we pulled together different metrics our organization was using. Uh, we pulled out the mid-level ones and we tried to understand where they would fit into the tree as well. Um, uh, the drive tree we have used, all of the nodes are metrics, so you can put a number behind them, uh, and that's kind of the core of the tree, and that's where we started. Um, wow. Once there was general alignment on that, what we then did is we started running workshops with all the squads. Um, so there were about three-hour sessions, a lot of snacks available, because if you're running a workshop, you always need to make sure there's a good amount of snacks. Uh, and we went through the onboarding of what a driver tree is, and then actually we spent about half the session, so about an hour and a half, working with the squads to understand which parts of the tree they are impacting, which parts they influence, and then we started to break those down into more detail. So you start to now extend the tree. So now we have something like we have about 35 squads and we have about 30 defined um, we have about 30 defined trees that are unique to whichever squad that is. So we have a squad that helps customers find their location on the map for where we're going to deliver to. They have a whole driver tree that, that's related to them. Um, and they focus on those metrics. They don't need to focus on metrics, for example, non-commission revenue or upsell, because that's not their responsibility. They don't need to worry about that. Their, their focus is really making sure that the customer address is accurate and we reduce deliveries that have failed because of um, address errors, for example. Uh, and you just do this recursively for different teams. They all start to pick up their own domains and ownerships. Uh, and this was actually a really interesting exercise because what you start to do is you start to find out which parts of the tree are undercovered by your product teams uh, and where you maybe need to invest more. Interesting, interesting. Can I ask with that concept, um, who or how do you ensure when teams are focused on their tree and their metrics that they're not, for instance, cannibalizing each other? Or if I was to sort of give an example, if you had one team focusing on top of funnel um, quantity um, yeah. and another team focused on bottle of bottom of funnel revenue, the top of funnel could be bringing in a lot more customers that are lower quality and not likely to convert. So how do you maintain that sense of connection between the teams when you've got driver trees that might have um, metrics that don't necessarily completely align, um, but for the right reasons? That's a, that's a really great, great question, actually. Um, I'm going to give that really annoying product 
management and it's going to say it depends. Right. Um, so I can give you actually an example from HelloFresh. Um, there was a split in our tree that we essentially used uh, split between how many orders a customer has and then the average value of those orders. That, as an e-commerce metric, that's not particularly surprising. Um, I was sat on the branch of that tree that looked at number of orders, how many orders that we shipped. And obviously one of the levers that I was playing around with was the average order value. And there was an, uh, an experiment that we run that reduced our average order value in the, with the attempt to extend the amount of orders that a customer had. Um, and that, I guess, is one of those conflicts, right? You have another product manager somewhere that is really focused on driving um, average order value. Uh, and ultimately, what happens is because if you have a driver tree, at some point, these metrics have to meet. Yeah. And that metric, that overall metric was you know, profitability per customer. And that ends up being the tie break in that example. Right. Um, so that was a reasonably straightforward uh, trade-off. Like, d- did the work that we were doing, did it uh, make sense in terms of what we were doing in terms of the trade-off of average order value? So that was one, uh, one option uh, that we can do. You will also um, find that sometimes it's a little bit harder, particularly if you have two squads operating at a very low level of the tree. Um, it might be a while before they, they, their, their metrics touch. And the level of work that they're doing, for example, if they're running copy tests at a very low level and quite can make small optimizations, you're never going to see it kind of like the mid-level of the tree. I think sometimes you need a product leader set up and say, hey, direction, this makes sense. You, you might get these trade-offs. Um, but generally what you tend to find is the big clashes in these metrics you will normally see manifesting at a higher level of the tree, and that becomes your trade-off. Um, the one other thing I would say is, uh, don't necessarily think of the driver tree as a dashboard. Um, the, you can do, and absolutely, I think there's value in doing that. But one thing with the driver trees is they abstract a lot of complexity from actually how your organization works. And that is their intention. The idea is to abstract that complexity so people can understand how these things are fitting together. Um, because of that abstraction of complexity, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be dogmatic with them because there's always going to be granular trade-offs. My, my example for this is um, as a marketplace, we have uh, one of the nodes on our tree is average discount on an order. Okay, because it's how much money we're reducing our revenue by. Um, discounts can be funded from one of two ways. It can be funded by the, sorry, it can be funded by the individual vendor. So uh, Curtis's Burger Company, I'm a vendor on the platform and I want to give customers discount. Or it can be funded by our, our platform more generally. We want to give free delivery, for example. Um, and if we just look at average discount value, it's a little bit misleading because that, that, can, um, that can be driven in two ways. It's okay. Um, abstracting complexity is a good thing. Um, I've traditionally used driver trees um, as a way of communicating connections as opposed to necessarily being a definitive uh, reporting dashboard that goes red or green in any experiment. It, it, it's not, it doesn't quite give you the accuracy you need in that. It's a way of abstracting complexity. Okay, interesting. Um, so is it suitable for, for any teams within the organization? Uh, or, or, sorry, let, let me ask that question first. Is it suitable for any teams? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think is, this, uh, is the, the easy answer. One of the things we did find actually at Delivery Hero when we were going through this is there were some teams that, it was much harder to plug into the core tree. So the core tree we have really tops out profitability. You have teams like, for example, platform infrastructure teams. Um, in the drive tree we had, we didn't cover things like um, uh, overheads such as salaries. And then when you think about our infrastructure teams, what they're doing is they're really enabling the success of other teams in the organization. Can another team be more productive? Can we make sure their service is really stable? You do find there are teams that, that don't naturally fit into the tree. Um, they can actually go and do their own tree. It works very well. Um, but what I would say is don't 
don't be like, oh no, every single team has to have a tree and we have to, you know, have to force it to connect to the main tree. Sometimes it doesn't happen and that, and that's okay. Um, I've also, what I've seen it used, one of the areas that HelloFresh uses to great effect is it wasn't just used in tech and product. It was actually aligned across the business. So the different uh, business units were using it. And that was a fantastic way of building alignment. So you're all having a similar conversation. Uh, and that's why I think what HelloFresh did a really great job of it. Um, slightly differently, I'm actually working with our recruitment team at Delivery Hero now to see if we can do a driver tree for recruitment. So if you, you know, we want to hire uh, the best possible people as quickly as possible, that's what, kind of what a recruitment team wants to do, you can do a similar thing here. It's the same principle. You take a high-level objective that's actually quite complex. How do we break this down to more manageable chunks that we can focus on and put some metrics behind to measure them? Okay. So yeah, I think you can use it with different teams. Right. Um, my main thing is just don't be too religious or too dogmatic about mm. making sure everything fits into one tree because it just won't happen. Things are too complex for that. And so we've got a range of people on, on, on the audience here. How do they go about implementing it for those that are um, in the VP of product role or those that are a associate product manager or a BA? Where should you start? Does it have to be top um, down or can it be bottom up as well? So um, we've seen it done. So at HelloFresh, it was done top down and it worked really well because once you have that high level leadership engagement, you can really pull people together. Um, at Delivery Hero, I'm a senior product manager, so I guess it was middle out, I right, guess. Okay. Um, um, but it, it came from support from the leadership and actually also a, a fantastic uh, buying engagement from the from the product teams around. Um you can, so one thing I'll say is the reason that most companies go to having autonomous teams is because they realize that the central command and control at uh, a certain scale no longer works, right? Your past product market fit and the level of detail that individual product teams are operating at is uh, too detailed that one central leadership can now control. And that's actually where the drive tree comes in really nicely because squads jump into their own domain and they become the specialties fit. The main thing I think you have to get right initially is make sure that it's been built by a group of people with a broad understanding of the business. If you can define that core of the tree, the rest of it gets much easier. Um, and as I said earlier on, like things will change and things will evolve. Just because you put a metric in the tree doesn't mean it's the right metric. You still have to go and validate that that metric makes sense and that, and that, that it's driving the performance that you want. Um, and it can change. And actually, I would say it should change if you're... Uh, if your driver tree is not changing, I think there's a bigger concern there. Um, so yeah, my main thing is make sure that you have, make sure you have a broader design of the business that will help you do the core tree. Um, make sure your existing metrics that you're tracking in the business, that they have a place on it. If they don't ask why it's not necessarily a bad thing. It might just be because you're positioning it slightly differently. Um, and once you have that, I would say socialize it. One of the, one of the key things about, uh, driver trees is it's not necessarily saying, Hey, this is the thing you have to do this, but cool. This is a, this is a map of how I think our organization works. What, you know, what do you think? Because you will always come up with, people will always come up with things that you've missed or not captured. And that, that has a, a couple of bits of value is actually you broaden the, and strengthen the tree. You also get people's buying because they're actually contributing to, to, to growing the tree. So that, I guess they're my two big, uh, big re recommendations when doing it. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, could you talk a little bit around um, what types of experiences have you had um, with regards to naysayers on this tool or this, this method? Good question. I think um, that's actually a really great question. 
Um, there is, I will probably come back to the limitations is there's a lot of complexity abstracted. And I think sometimes when people s- uh, see this concept, the first thing is like, cool, when do I get to see a dashboard that goes red or green? Like, mm. oh, it's probably not going to give you that level of, of detail. Um, that tends to be the main push, but I think most people like anything that helps them abstract complexity out of something so they can map it out. Um, my main thing is I think with anything like this is don't force it on someone. If someone is naysaying, it's like, hey, I'm not sure about this and that's not, not sure about this part. Normally people won't necessarily critique the concept because anything that breaks down something, as I said, anything that's broken, breaking down something complex, something easier, people like, but get them to buy and say, okay, why do these why do these nodes or branches not work? What would you put there? Once you can get their investment, it's probably valuable. Um, one of the things I, I normally say to people is, Conflict in organization rarely comes from malice or incompetence. Conflict in organization normally comes from misalignment. And ironically, the driver tree is fundamentally about driving alignment. So if you've got someone with a different perception of the driver tree or how it's structured, it's probably really key that you understand why that is. Um, even as product managers, we try to have quite a broad understanding of our organization, but it'll, it'll always be siloed based on you know the kind of things that we're working on. A broad understanding is, I think, key for making sure you've got engagement on this. Okay. Thank you. When you try try and use this, oh, sorry, should you try and use this to target improvement that's measurable? And if so, how should you do that? Do you wrap it in with OKRs? You mentioned it is sometimes also called a KPI tree. So yeah. is that when you're looking at moving the needle on some of the metrics for each node, are you doing that over a, a small time box window, over a year? Um, how do we leverage it? To, to measure change? Um, that's a really great question. I think it depends on the level of the metric that you're you're moving. So, okay. for example, um, the one of the squads that uh, I work with or uh, at Delivery Hero, um, we essentially are top of the funnel. So we look at what we call micro-conversion rate one, which is the step from the home screen over to the, the listing page of our vendors. Okay, so that is... That essentially is our, uh, that is our squad's North Star metric. That's what we'll look after. But how do we move people onto that step? There's a load of metrics that sit underneath that, and it really depends on what you want to focus on. So, um, for example, you could look at something like, what is the app's time for interactive? Because that will affect how many customers actually uh, are getting to that next step. That is kind of driv- driving things like what our drop-off rate is. So this is where you can start to break it down. I think an example that I've used in the past is imagine you have a conversion funnel and at the end of the conversion funnel, you have to validate your email address, okay? And you're finding that there's a 50% drop-off on that step. Now, there's a couple of reasons that can be happening. That could be because um, you're not sending the email successfully. Maybe the third party sending the email out has a problem or it could be that people are not completing the flow. But that to me would be the next the next um, breakdown, right? So uh, we have only a 50% conversion rate for people validating their email address. So what do we do? So you say, hey, what is our send out rate? You may, te- you may find, actually, no, our send out rate is fine. We, we dispatch a thousand events and of those thousand events, 999 are successfully dispatched according to our send. Great, okay. Then let's have a look at uh, the next step. Oh, actually what we're finding here is that our open rate is, own, is, is a really low percentage. Okay, why is that? So then you can start playing around with drivers like, okay, what is the subject? What is the time of day? How long does it take to get delivered? These are starting to give you places to start to drill down on. Um, it doesn't necessarily give you the answer. It doesn't tell you what you should do. All it does is say, hey, look, this is probably an opportunity space. Then, then I would move on to the next section. Anything, so I'm a big fan of Teresa Torres's opportunity solution team. And that's probably a really good way of then starting to break down. I was like, hey, we're seeing a really bad open rate. 
why is that the case? And then starting to break that down into a little bit more detail and following a normal product development process. Um, I always see the KPI tree as a reasonably high level tool to, as I said, abstract complexity and give direction. It will never give you the answer. Um, it's just a tool in your toolbox to help understand. Great, thank you. And speaking of tools, it's obviously a, it's a very visual guide. Um, what are you using tooling-wise to draw out these trees? Um, so it started uh, with a whiteboard until while we were still sketching. Uh, and I also got a lot of magnets that we were just writing on the Sharpies and moving metrics around. That was for the early days. Now, actually, uh, we, we've just kept it really simple because there's not really a tool out there for this. Yeah. Um, we use Google Draw. So we have uh, a shared folder in our organization's drive that's accessible to everyone. We have a, a Google drawing called uh, Driver Tree Core that sits at the top. At the top. And then every time a squad, uh, a, new, a new squad starts up, we copy the tree, we gray out all the boxes that are not related to them, and then we extend the tree with their metrics. Um, it's a little bit limited because at the moment we don't have like a huge overarching drive tree that we can put on the wall. Um, we only have the, the core one. Um, I'm still looking around for tools that can do this or maybe tinkering with a bit of a side project that makes this a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, you don't, this is not a kind of thing that you have to go and pay like a load of money for a particular tool that does it. You can, you can do this pretty basically, um, which I think is one of the great things about the, about the concept. Nice. nice simple and easy and creates a ton of value Absolutely. without yeah. a huge investment fantastic thank you so much curtis for talking me through um and the audience through driver trees i really really enjoyed and um, learned plenty in this session so thank you i'll also for those listening um if you jump onto podcast.productcoalition.com and find this episode in the chapter markers for this episode i'll make sure i'll link to the article that i know you've written um regarding this topic as well yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I can also give you a few other reference links as well that I use when I started this journey of trying to introduce a KPI tree or driver tree. Fantastic. I think that'd be really valuable for everyone. Thank you so much. Not a problem. It's been great fun. Thank you to those for listening in. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please remember that this episode and all of the episodes of the Product Coalition European Tour podcast are all dedicated to trying to raise awareness and funds for the bushfire-affected communities of Australia that I mentioned at the start. If you'd like to support the volunteer firefighters, contribute to the National Bushfire Fund, or support the wildlife of Australia, you can do so over at bushfire.productcoalition.com and you can select one of the courses there to donate. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you, Curtis. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Um, it was a lot of fun to talk to you about it. Until the next episode, goodbye all. Thank you. Thank you.